Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. And hello and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings number 294. Hope everybody had a great week out there. And we are live on Sportscaster Live for the first time. It's a test. We're going to see how it goes. Hope everybody uh, enjoys it if you're out there watching. Uh, as you can see, we've got the score of the Mets game up there. It's one to nothing. L.A. is ahead in the first inning on a home run by Chris Taylor, leadoff home run uh, against Jacob deGrom. And Amand Rosario is at shortstop, making his city field debut after three games uh, in Colorado. Made his debut Tuesday out in Colorado, got his first hit, an infield hit, and uh, proceeded to uh, also make a couple of errors and uh, looked okay in the field. The game was a little fast, the first game for him. I guess he had to get used to the uh, field and everything, but uh, he's starting every day. The Rosario era has begun and the Mets are home after a four and six road trip, which what can you say? I mean, uh, this is the way this team is this year. It's a 500 team or even a little less. They just struggle. And uh, look, yesterday's game was totally ridiculous the way they lost that. Hansel Robles can't find the plate. And walks in a winning run, and and ball four he threw over the Darno's head, wasn't even close. And then he came out and said he had numbness in his fingers. Well, why did he pitch to that last batter? Um, I mean, Robles is a big question mark. You know, he he uh, has got great stuff, and he he shows signs of he's going to be terrific. And then there's that time where he just absolutely blows the games, can't find home plate. Now, if he's having a problem with numbness, this is something they have to look into. Perhaps it's another guy that's going to have to get the uh, thoracic outlet uh, surgery. And, you know, can we afford that? No, we, we, it, it's kind of crazy um, that another guy could possibly get hurt but this is the world we live in now with the new york mets and uh you know they have to do something i mean this guy it's just nuts it's just crazy uh you can't keep giving him chances and yet he has such good stuff and the same can be said for rafael montero he looked pretty good in the first three four innings and then all of a sudden he seems to fall apart uh, he has looked better this year, though. Let's be honest. He's looked better this year than he has in the past. He's uh, finding the plate more. But still, I don't know if it's you want to call it pitch selection, uh, just execution of pitches, whatever. He still has a hard time, and that's something that uh, they're going to have to investigate. They have to see what they have and what they uh, want to hold on to, because there's this, more pictures coming, pictures coming, and um, they have to make a decision on some of these guys. 
uh, again, if Robles is an injury, then it's an injury, and uh, you have to look into that and see what we can do to correct that and then see if he comes back and he still can throw strikes. That's what we're interested in, strikes, and not strikes that leave the ballpark either, but uh, strikes to get people out. And uh, I'm looking down because my dog is here, so I want to make sure he's not eating the furniture. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's that's the deal. And uh, the Mets are home now. They're going to play the Dodgers. It's 2 nothing now. Another home run by Yasiel Puig just hit a home run off of DeGrom. So two homes given up by DeGrom so far through one and two-thirds innings. So the Mets are down 2 to nothing in the top of the second. Uh, DeGrom versus Darvish, they, they threatened in the bottom of the first but got nothing done. All right, let's take a look at some news. Uh, as you know, last week was the trading deadline last Friday. The Mets moved Lucas Duda, as we announced last week on this show, to Tampa Bay for a young pitcher, uh, Drew Smith. And uh, on Friday, they removed Addison Reed to the Boston Red Sox and got back three uh, young pitchers, Jamie Callahan, Gerson, Bautista, and Steven Nogasek. Uh, Nogasek and Batista will report to single A St. Lucie and Callahan was reporting or has reported to triple A Las Vegas. So new blood uh, in the system, which is what they needed to do. Uh, I guess Sandy did a good job there. Got some young guys. Uh, these, these prospects from Boston are rated pretty high and perhaps we can have some uh, middle relief is out of this whole deal. So one goes to triple A, a couple go to double, a uh, single A, a high single A. And uh, Chase Bradford, Chase and Bradford was called up from triple A to re replace Addison Reed uh, on the roster. And that's, uh, he pitched pretty well the other night. He looked good. So we're slowly building a bullpen for next season. The Mets also acquired last week A.J. Ramos for Mirandi Gonzalez and Ricardo Cespedes. Uh, I know a lot of people on Facebook were not happy with that trade. Mirandi Gonzalez was a, a very bright prospect, pitched at Brooklyn last year, was with St. Lucie, I believe, this year, and was having a very good year. Uh, Ricardo Cespedes was uh, with the Cyclones and was uh, got off to a fast start and then kind of struggled a little bit in the New York Penn League. So uh, those two were traded to Miami for A.J. Ramos. Ramos has been in, closed out one game. Did not It was not a safe situation. Uh, was in another game. Did okay. Um, so we'll see. Uh, what they're doing, folks, is building a bullpen for 2018. They're acquiring the pieces. We know Familia will be back. And now we have Ramos uh, on board. Seawalt has pitched very well this year. I'm sure he'll be uh, around next year. And Bradford, they want to see how Bradford does. And uh, if he does okay, uh, he could be a piece in the bullpen next year. And then they have to decide uh, about Smoker and uh, uh, Jerry Blevins, who will be a free agent at the end of this year. So um, we have to decide about that. So, uh, let's see another news. Let's look at the injury report. Matt Harvey and Noah Syndergaard are throwing on uh, 
on flat ground. That's good news. But uh, Harvey seems to be ahead of Syndergaard when it comes to recovery. And uh, they're still only on flat ground. Jerry's Familia has thrown some bullpen sessions off of a mound, so he could be back within a few weeks. Uh, Juan Magaris and Robert Gieselman, or Gizelman, are at AA in Binghamton on a rehab assignment. Gizelman pitched three scoreless innings, and Magaris uh, uh, was... Uh, uh, played five innings in the first time and then was pl- played seven innings in his second spot. And uh, we'll see. They should be uh, ready in a couple of weeks or so. So definitely by September. Now, the big trick is if they're, if they're ready, do you hold them out until the rosters expand? Or do you bring them, them back and send somebody down for a couple of weeks? As far as Gizelman, it would probably be a pitcher. Um, so uh, who would be the likely candidate at this point? Maybe a Montero, maybe a Flexen. But without getting another starter back, I don't know. Uh, what what they move they would make at that point. Um, and as far as Ligaris goes, that will really complicate the outfield congestion some more. And we know that there's a uh, big congestion there uh, as it is. So uh, they can still try to move somebody on a non on a waiver trade. Um, teams uh, predictably put people on waivers at this time of year. And whoever clears, they're free to make a deal with anybody that they can. And the Mets could still do that and still could move a Grandison or a Bruce um, or a Cabrera. Uh, I think at this point they time they would like to move somebody from the outfield, uh, but uh, Bruce has been playing some first base up here and playing some well, so we'll see what they decide to do there or who they can move. See who there's interest in at the last minute of the trading deadline. It was uh, said to be some in- interest in Curtis Grandison. That never panned out, and uh, but there still could be some interest again, as I said, in a uh, waiver deal. So we wait and see who, who gets put on waivers, who clears waivers, and don't be upset if you hear that Conforto or Syndergaard or DeGrom has been put on waivers. It's pretty much a practice that practically the whole team gets put on waivers, and when they get claimed, they get pulled back. So it, it it's no big no biggie. They do that to see where the interest is and uh, if there's any interest in anybody, and then they can always pull these guys back. And um, chances are, a guy like uh, Conforto with the ground is going to get picked mighty quick and have a lot of interest. So even for the future, but uh, they probably won't place those guys on. But you never know. So we'll have to wait. And see how that goes. Uh, one other thing, a report out that Sandy Alderson will likely stay with the Mets next season. Uh, the New York Post was reporting Mike Puma. Uh, Alderson's current three-year contract ends at the end of this season. He recently told the Post that he and ownership have not discussed his future with the organization since the beginning of the season. It will take care of itself, Alderson told Puma. Uh, Alderson was hired by the Mets in 2010 when he replaced then-general manager Omar Minaya. 
They missed the playoffs in each of his first four seasons, but reached the World Series in 2015, made the postseason again last year in 2016. And I think we all know my feelings towards um, Sandy Olsen. I'm not exactly a big fan. He's done some good, um, but... I think sometimes that the game is passed him by, and I think that he counts too much on the uh, sabermetrics and the analytics. And instead of uh, sometimes going by your gut and, and scouting and, and watching a guy play uh, old school, and uh, as I said in previous episodes, even Theo Epstein has said, that uh, he is learning that that sabermetric is everything, that chemistry is a big part, and you can't quantify that. So Sandy may be back, and and look, I I get it. You you want continuity. You don't want upheaval all the time. They've had uh, continuity since 2010, and if he's healthy, he'll be 70 years old, and he wants to still doing it, and he can, and... And look, I'm sure he relies a lot upon his uh, staff members and his his right hand man Rico, and whoever else is there. They they use a lot of that, and he makes the final decisions. So um, if he comes back, he comes back. But they have to do. They have to reevaluate themselves in this organization. There's just no way around that. That is a must. They have to reevaluate the training methods. They have to reevaluate maybe the whole medical staff. They have to reevaluate how they sign people and who they sign and, and the parameters that they use. And I'd like to see them get a little bit away from all of the power, power pitches and power hitters. And, and, and let's just look for some good ball players for a change. Maybe maybe they'll do that. But the big thing is, is the, the medical and the training because there's something wrong here with the training staff that uh, or the training methods. Maybe not even the staff, but the training methods. There's something wrong, and that has to be corrected. All right, um, we're going to take a break and uh, be back after these messages. Looking for great Cardinals talk? Then check out Conversations with C70. My name is Daniel Shoftaw, and I talk with some of the great bloggers on the internet today about their teams. But it always goes back to the Cardinals. Find the latest episode on my website, www.cardinal70.com or at baseballpodcast.net. Did you know that Baseball PhD can be heard on BaseballTalkRadio.com? Our shows rotate with other top baseball podcasts. Now don't forget, that's BaseballTalkRadio.com. With us, we'll help you get a PhD in life through baseball. With BaseballTalkRadio.com, you'll hear the rest of the excellent universe of baseball podcasts. 516-619-6341. That is the comment voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show and drop us a line leave us a comment or a voicemail question anything at all call that number 516-619-6341 or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen and that's a speak pipe and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is 
facebook.com slash groups slash Mets Musings and the Twitter handle is at Mets Musings 1. With all the Mets news, it is the news from around the world and around the corner. Here's Gary Mack. And here I am, and I'm back, and uh, no guest this evening, just uh, had a little crazy week, didn't line up anybody, but we hope next week to be back with a guest for you, and uh, just me, so it'll probably be a shorter show, and as I said, we're experimenting live video tonight on Sportscaster, and hello to the uh, two people that are watching out there, Um, don't really have everything set up those who have seen some of my videos that i've done on youtube you know that i usually uh can flip screens and everything this is a new app and not sure how it works to its all entirety i don't know whether or not uh we can do anything uh special and uh but it is what it is. So we're going to try it out and it, it's in a beta format and we'll see how it works. And so uh, let's take a look down on the farm for the Mets last night. Uh, Las Vegas uh, beat Oklahoma City uh, for nothing. Dominic Smith went 0 for 3, but did not walk for the fifth straight game, but did walk, excuse me, for the fifth straight game. Logan Taylor was activated off the disabled list and Jamie Callahan joined the team. Uh, Binghamton was at Trenton, and they beat Trenton 2 nothing. And uh, the Rumble Ponies only had four hits in this game, but were able to push across two runs. And Lagaris played, as we said, his fifth rehab game after having thumb surgery, went 0 for 3. Corey Oswald, pitching prospect for the Mets, was outstanding in this game, throwing a complete game shutout while allowing just two hits. Uh, let's see. Um, St. Lucie uh, and the Yankees, uh, Justin Dunn pitched the other night, or last night. He pitched well in this game, but he continued to struggle with his control. He walked five batters for the second start in a row, and now has 48 walks in 95.1 innings this season. Steven Nogasek made his first appearance with St. Lucie and pitched scoreless innings. It's a scoreless inning while hitting 93 to 94 miles per hour with his fastball. So Nogasek uh, looking good, the new guy that came over in the Addison Reed trade. Justin Dunn, surprising because he, he pitched so well last year and had pretty good control in the, at the, in the Penn League with the Cyclones. So a little crazy that he's, he's off um, this year, but it could be a mechanical thing. He's, maybe he's pitching more. Uh, you know, remember Justin Dunn was the uh, first round draft pick last season and came in in uh, July or so uh, to the Cyclones. And he was on a pitch count, it, it really an innings count. He didn't go further than three innings in any game, but looked pretty good in the games. Uh, he was at a game that I went to. He started and uh, really looked pretty good. So, um you know, you never know. They move up a little bit. Maybe he's trying to find two things too much, and uh, I'm sure he'll straighten it out. He's a very good pitcher. Uh, he's got a good arm. Could be a, a potential closer. Though. May not be a starter. They're going to go with him as a starter for as long as they can, uh, but he could be moved to the bullpen. Remember last year he started with Boston College in the bullpen, was their closer, I believe, and then moved into a starting role. 
And so uh, we'll see what, what the Mets decide down the road where he may find his place in the bullpen as a closer. Uh, let's see. Uh, Cyclones dropped the game to the Tri-City Valley Cats. Cyclones were held without a hit for the first eight innings. Uh, they led off the Raskin, led off the ninth with a triple, and Quinn Brody would later single him home. They got two hits. Jose Miguel Medina left the game after being hit by a pitch in the seventh inning, and the Cyclones are just struggling to no end this year. And uh, really, <laughs> It's it's a long, it's a tough season and a tough season for those guys, you know, when you're young like that and you come into uh, professional baseball and the team is struggling the way the Cyclones are. But, you know, they're they're out playing in tonight and um, they're out there living their dream. A lot of the kids out there probably won't make it past this level, but at least they got to play professional baseball for one season. And some of the uh, organizational leaders Rigoberto Terrasas of Kingsport, he's leading that uh, team on averages, hitting 370. One of Lagrange at Kingsport is hitting 347. Dominic Smith in Vegas is hitting 340. Ahmad Rosario, when he was with Vegas, was hitting 328. And Guillermo Granadillo at the GCL Mets Gulf Coast League is hitting 327 uh, home runs Tavish, Ta- Travis Tyrone is uh, got the most in the organization with 20 Diamond Smith has 16 Dash Winningham in Columbia has 13 Peter Alonzo with St. Lucie with 13 and Josh Rodriguez with Vegas with 11 RBIs Dominic Smith leads the way with the uh, 73 and Travis Tyron is right behind him with 66 Michael Piaz at St. Lucie another former Cyclone with 60 dish winning him in Columbia with 59 and Amon Rosario had 58 RBIs before being called up and steals champ Stewart Binghamton, he has 32 stolen bags on the year. Jacob Zanone of Columbia has 22. Jose Miguel Medina with with 21. He's at Brooklyn. And Ahmad Rosario of Vegas with 19. And Patrick Biondi at Binghamton also has 19. And in the, in the pitching, organizational leaders, Jason Villera with the GCL Mets has a 1.20 ERA. Mirandy Gonzalez, before he was traded, had a 1.76 of 7.8 ERA. Corey Oswald, Binghamton at a two point, has a 2.61. Uh, Gunnar Kynes at Brooklyn has a 3.00. He is out for the season. More on that. Tyler Pill uh, at Vegas with a 3.08. And Nabil Chrismat at St. Lucie with a 3.24. Uh, in wins, St. Lucie has 12. Jordan Humphreys with uh, St. Lucie has 10. I don't have the name for the guy with 12, but... Uh, Jordan Humphreys at St. Lucie has 10. It's live. What can I tell you? Saves Corey Burns of Binghamton is 15. Adonis Usita of Columbia has 11. Jason Brasford, before being called up, had 11. Taylor Bashore of Binghamton had 10. Tim Peterson with Vegas had 7 strikeouts. Nabil Chrismat with St. Lucie, 117 on the year. And P.J. Conlin at Binghamton had 94 strikeouts and both of those guys were uh former 
Brooklyn Cyclones. So there you go. Uh, other news from on the farm, the Mets first base prospect, Dominic Smith, has been elected his league's player of the month for July. He's currently ranked as the organization's top prospect and the league's best first base prospect by MLB.com and Baseball America. Smith, who reached base safely in 24 of 26 games, hit 365 and led the Pacific Coast League with 28 runs scored while ranking second in extra base hits with 21, total bases 79, slugging percentage .725, and OPS 1.162. He is expected to be with the Mets during the next 7 to 10 days, give or take. Mets GM Sandy Ann Alderson told reporters last week, Smith's former AAA roommate, Ahmad Rosario, joined the Mets earlier this week and is making his City Field debut tonight as we speak. And Mets, Mets left-handed pitcher David Peterson, the team's first round draft pick in the 2017 MLB draft, made his professional debut tonight. In Brooklyn, no report on how he did, but the 21-year-old Peterson, who was the Mets selected 20th overall, was ranked New York's number three prospect in Baseball America's midseason top 10 and in MLB.com's midseason prospect rankings. Boy. Uh, Command will be the key to Peterson's success at the next level. And uh, a scout, uh, Taylor Blake Ward of Scout.com said, but in college he's been beating hitters of low to mid-90s fastball with plus sink and arm side run, helping him work away from the right-handed hitters. The southpaw likes to work inside on lefties with his fastball, allowing the run and sink to break back into the zone, jamming hitters or making them stare at strikes on the inner half. Peterson agreed to a $2.99 million signing bonus after the Mets drafted him, went 11-4 with a 2.51 ERA and 140 strikeouts in 101 third innings with the University of Oregon this season, and I imagine he'll be on a innings count as well. He, he That season included a 20-strikeout performance against Arizona State, and Arizona State's a pretty darn good baseball program so uh he did pretty good for himself this year um and according to metsminers.net jacob resnick brooklyn cyclones pitcher gunner kines has suffered a broken ankle and is out for the season kines has not pinched since july 28th when he pitched 3.1 scoreless innings with five strikeouts in that game, Kynes called for and caught a pop-up in front of the mound. On that play, Cyclone shortstop Leon Bird had come charging in, and he slid to a try to avoid Kynes. Unfortunately, he collided with Kynes. And as we now, now know, it looks like he broke Kynes' ankle. On the season, Kynes was 2-2 two two with a 3.0 ERA, a 1,000 whip, and an 87 Strikeouts per nine innings. He was named the New York Penn League Pitcher of the Week for the week ending July 22nd. So Gunner Kynes out for the season. Another pitcher gone in the Mets system. All right, uh, let's do this. And uh, 
take a little short, quick break, and then be back to wrap it all up. Check us out at MetsMusings.com and find the Mets Musings podcast on Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, iTunes, Flipboard, and at BaseballPodcasts.net. That's BaseballPodcasts with an S, dot net. And I'm back. And uh, as I said, no guests tonight, so it's going to be a quick show. We're doing it a day late uh, for uh, for family reasons, but um, I hope you'll join us again next week. I'm going to try to have somebody on to talk about the Yankees and the Mets coming up because that's not too far away. So uh, that's going to be an interesting series. But the Mets are home. Uh, let's take a look at the scoreboard one last time. It's the third inning. Um, the Dodgers are ahead two to nothing. It's a one and two count on Bellinger. He just fouled the ball off of his leg. He's walking around. Uh, don't know whether he's he's limping around pretty good. So uh, we'll see whether he even stays in the game. But uh, that's the up date with that and it's going to wrap it up for this episode of Mets Musings and I hope that everybody will go check out the uh, Patreon page and uh, become a subscriber become a patron to the show help, help out the show so we can keep doing and going and keep doing stuff like this and, and try to get better at it so it's a learning process my friends and this is the first test and Really going to try to uh, do a better job the next time. We'll probably do this a couple of times now, a couple of weeks, uh, every week. We're usually on it Thursday at 8 o'clock. Just as I said, this week we had to go on a Friday evening. So um, we'll try it out and see and see how things work. So, again, that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. I am just going to say good night. Everybody have a great week. And remember, keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go. See you next time.